It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me tonight, Mike Coffey from NDNation.com. As we kick off the first review of the first game, which actually, arguably, Coffey, I was going to pass it to you had Ed been on the call. Ed can't make it tonight, but... It, you were closer than the three of us in your predictions, and I kind of thought you were out of your mind at the time. But um, what led you make? I mean, you almost nailed it, except I think you said 55-10, or maybe I was wrong. 44-10. 44-10, all right. So you gave them, I think I you gave them seven going. more points than they should have. And and kind of realistically, the three points, I mean, I, I don't know. That was a little weird. Should they have gone for it there? I don't know. I mean, it's that, no big that deal. That actually but... surprised the 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 only giving up the three points actually surprised me a lot more than the forty four did. I mean, but my my rationale was everything I had heard about Sam Hartman since he arrived back in the spring. Uh, not only the on the field stuff. I mean, his ability to make the throws and find the open receivers and direct the offense, but just the the respect he was engendering, just the the number of people on that team that just idolized is the wrong word, but so strongly respected him and really felt that he could guide them to where they wanted to go. Having that kind of a guy as your quarterback makes a huge difference. I mean, we all saw Joe Montana play. We saw Joe Theismann play. stuff. I mean, guys who have the respect of their teammates, guys who – not who can back up their physical ability with leadership ability really can make things go. And so you're talking about playing a Navy team that's already undersized with a new head coach that's actually defensive minded. I, I just felt that was a recipe for Notre Dame to get out ahead early and often. But even I didn't expect the quality of uh offense that we saw that was just absolutely mind yeah, it really was i mean I, I think you know to your point you're right about hartman um i'm, I'm not going to beat down this path this is gonna be the last time i bring this up but i just it's fascinating because we talked about this before um the pregame show and it was interesting how this played out so if you look at this notre dame comes out first play of the game they run it 10 yards Second play of the game, 19-yard pass. Third play of the game, this is first and 10 at the 48. It's 0-0. They kicked off to us. Mm-hmm. No gain, estimate. Pass incomplete to, to Tobias, which to me, I'll be honest with you, Coffee, I was like, oh, my God. First opportunity for Tobias. We needed him to get off really well. Little screen pass. And hits his hands and he drops it and he had and he had some room there. Mm-hmm. I was bummed out for him because I just so much he had the one catch last year. You really need him to get off on a good start this year. No doubt. Yeah, and I was just really bummed about that. And then on top of it, the very next throw to him wasn't his fault at all. It was underthrown no. by Hartman. If he puts it out there, Tobias, I mean, it's a touchdown. And he just mm-hmm. he just didn't throw it in space. But anyways. 
So now it's third and 10, and here's the big, huge moment. This is the big moment in the game. Third and 10, here it is. Oh my God, what's going to happen here? And your immediate thought is it goes to the offensive coordinator. You mm-hmm. know, what is Gerard Parker going to call here? And he calls a, a running play to Audrey Estime, third and 10, and it goes for 11 yards. Now, believe me, the entire Navy defense didn't see that coming. No, but the last not. thing they thought was going to be a running game. And here's the big, huge question. Is that is that really a great call? Is that? I think it's a fantastic call. That was the call. The, the, those are the calls that Tommy Reese was not willing or able or whatever to make. I mean, th- that was the kind of call where you have, you are able to physically overpower the guy right across from you. There is no reason that Nuriam shouldn't have been able to get like 10 yards a carry or whatever. I mean, and, that, and that's an exaggeration, of course. There's no reason Nuriam shouldn't have been able to pull that off. And the fact that they thought they, they would need that would they would need to drop back in a third and ten situation that 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 was Tommy Reese's default. That was the uh, I think the weakness in his game that opposing defensive coordinators would exploit. What I like about Parker's call there was he said this is our strength. Yeah, we what we need to do in this first half is beat the bejesus out of you so that when you're coming out in the third quarter, oh the only thing you want to do is go back in the locker room. So. Yeah. Yeah, they might not have gotten all 10 yards there, but the fact that it was another opportunity for Notre Dame to get physical on an overmatched Navy team yeah. uh, I, showed that that not only was there a game plan, he was going to stick to that game plan even if he got into a temporarily bad situation, which is we did not see a lot of the last couple of years. Yeah, and, and I think that the, the point about this whole decision at that moment is not necessarily is the play call a great call or not, because look, I, I think that the if if that play went for four yards, I'm not kidding you. Every Notre Dame fan in the country would have been screaming, "Oh my God, we have the most prolific passer in the ACC in the last well forever." Quite honestly, except for Philip mm-hmm. Rivers, right? I mean, I, I guess I should throw that in that he didn't. Philip Rivers has more passing yards than him, but anyways, he's number two to that. How could you not air it out at that point? It's third and 10. How could you not throw? I mean, that's just the natural reaction that fan has as they're watching the game. But back to the point you're making, being an offensive coordinator is way more than just making a play call. It's Mm -hmm. setting a tone. It's It's having a relationship with your players that says, guys, we're all on the same page here. We had a game plan coming into this game. We're sticking with that because I believe in you guys. And we know that we can execute this play. And I'll bet you, I mean, I think it would be fascinating to find out what were the options that Hartman had when he walked up to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. If they, in and fact, I, were loading that side, he would have honorable out of it and called something I else. imagine he would have. But I mean, yeah, I think but Sam, he didn't Sam because Hartman... they didn't do it. Sam Hartman walked up to the line of scrimmage, as you said, and he saw the defense. He saw them back. You could tell Navy was expecting pass. They said they're already physically overmatched and they're further away from the line of scrimmage. So I can see Hartman saying this play is going to work, sticking with it and just letting yeah, it go. He, I mean, this, this, this isn't PlayStation. This is, as you said, there's got to exactly be right. a, a there's got to be a game plan. And if you're going to jump away from the game plan, the minute something goes slightly That's, south then everybody's then gonna tr- everybody's gonna be like what the hell was practiced the last two yeah weeks? exactly 
if we were pounding exactly. this in and out all week long and mm -hmm. we don't accomplish what we were saying, then what are we doing if we're shifting gears after the fourth play of the game? <laughs> but exactly. yeah, no, I think this is, and this is the whole point. Um, and again, kind of to, to your point about the third quarter, man, you, you execute on that play and you get a first down running the football. The Navy guys are thinking, crap, man, we can't even stop them on third and 10. And yeah. they're running the football. And then you put together three scoring drives right away. I mean, that that game was over, unfortunately, for Navy in the second quarter. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And and that's exactly what you wanted as an Notre Dame team. Um, you know, back to the the whole quarterback issue that I got to well, I'll give credit to. Uh, to Jim O'Donnell who sent this to me, but um, I mean, that is a perfect now I, I, I'm pretty damn sure this is the dump off to Audric Estime. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm almost sure that's what it is. But the whole point is it just goes to show the level of confidence in Sam Hartman and what mm -hmm. he's doing. I mean, think of this, Coffee. Can you imagine being a linebacker and seeing his eyes and knowing you're being taught to read his eyes mm -hmm. and you're, lit, you're inching to the right and the ball goes the other way? <laughs> Oops. And I mean, that the next time he drops back and he starts looking somewhere, what are your thoughts on, all right, is he really going to throw it there? Is he going to, is yep. he going to throw it somewhere? Yeah, and I just put you on your back mm. heels. And I, I think that, you know, look, we can get overexcited about this football game in terms of the performance Hartman had, but I really feel like it just basically shows you that if we have any kind of running game this year, man, we are going to be tough to stop. And I mean, real oh, yeah. tough to defend because you're not going to be able to go double on the outs. You're not going to be able to do that. Nope. Not if we're running the football right down the middle. You can't go double up on the outs. That's not going to happen. I so Hartman, to his credit, and I don't know if you saw this, but there's a, a particular replay that I think Notre Dame put out. It was every single one of his completions. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it, there was not a single time that he threw into double coverage. When is the last time you saw a Notre Dame quarterback do that? <laughs> Way too long, unfortunately. It's been a long time, right? Absolutely. I, mean, that, I, I just find that fascinating in his ability to know where to go after he gets his initial reads after the ball stop, you know, snapped. Mm -hmm. no and doubt. you could see it when you watch the film. You could see Hartman catch the ball look and as soon as he saw his reads he knew exactly he was going for and mm -hmm. that guy was one-on-one -on -one. it was just yeah. a matter of, was he going to beat this guy or not and well, i'm telling you what that's a huge advantage to have a quarterback i agree and, and i think phil hartman is seeing the advantages of being at notre dame also i was listening to mike frank's podcast this week and he pointed out that notre dame had i think we averaged with about six plus yards a carry against this team if you go back and look at all of Sam Hartman's games at Wake Forest, they only did that once. And I can't remember which opponent yeah. it was. And you can say, oh, it's just Navy and all that. But, I mean, Wake Forest played cupcakes, too, and they never managed to put together a run game like that. So, yeah. the fact, as you said, the fact that Notre Dame can perform on the ground with its five-headed monster or whatever uh, running the ball, defenses are going to have to play Notre Dame honestly. I mean, yeah. you can't, as you said, you can't double up on the wideouts. You can't depend on just your front 
four or five guys to keep the, the running game bottled up. You have some of the linebackers have to at least worry about the fact that someone's going to come out of the backfield to them. And the more you have to make them think, the more assignments you press upon them, the higher the probability you're going to, that they're going to make a mistake and you're going to have something successful. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, you know, it was kind of weird because in that first quarter um, you had, that situation where we faced that third and 10 at our own 48. Okay. That was the first series of the game. Mm-hmm. If we don't get that first down, you're like, Oh my God, we're punting it away at zero, zero. Navy's yeah. And then the first time Navy gets the football, they drive it. They get in that fourth down situation. And then, and you know, they had a wide out who thought he was a cornerback. So yeah. But, but, but the point is, is that in that fourth down situation, they actually got, behind our dbs yes i mean it would the the first down was there they just had two navy guys in the same spot and ended up bumping into each other other. exactly so so i mean you know at at that point in the game you're like scratching your head like crap man is this going to be ugly for us and then i think right after that play holy cow man they just dialed in and it was a different football game from that point forward i um and, and I think there's a lot of credit that's got to be given to Mike, Marcus Freeman in terms of having his team ready to play at mm-hmm. a very high level. That's yes. not easy to do in your very first game and for them to execute on all. And I know that a lot of people are going to say, you know what, Navy's not that good this year. They're in huge turmoil. It's a turnover program. I mean, th- let's wait and see how this plays out. Because I think it's going to be interesting. Um, and yeah, I I can see that. I And I have absolutely no problem with people who make that argument. I would turn around and say, though, as I said before, good teams are supposed to beat the crap out of bad teams. And that's what happened here. Now, yeah. Navy is one of those teams, and Tennessee State is going to be another one. There really isn't a lot great, you can say, for sure when you play a team like that. The only thing sometimes you can say for sure is if something bad happens. Now, fortunately... I can think of very few bad things that happened last Saturday. I really like the fact that there were 16 guys, apparently, who took their first snaps for Notre Dame on Saturday. I'm hoping we see just as many, if not more, this coming Saturday. But I think you can still, even though definitive positives are hard to derive, you can still look at how the team performed and think about how they played last year, how they played a number of games last year, the year before, where there were lapses there the team didn't come out focused they and so many other things that weren't done the way they were done on saturday against navy and you pointed a lot of them out that the team came out focused they were ready to play yeah the defense on the first series looked a little shaky but let's also remember this is a relatively brand new navy offense this guy the new offensive coordinator that they brought in a guy from kennesaw state i think i mean yeah. There's nothing to say that the film they had from last year was going to be any good. So you knew when Navy yeah. came out, there were we going to be wrinkles. There were going to be changes. But I think once the defense adjusted to them, game was over. Yeah. And actually, Freeman alluded to that in his press conference. I thought it was kind of fascinating. I don't know if you caught this, but he said, hey, there were looks they gave us that we did not see on film at all. And we had to make in-game adjustments. Sure. And he's like, we did. We made those adjustments. And I'm telling you, man, that is what college football is all about. You can have all the basic preparation work, all of that up to game day. To really win the big games in college football, you have got to be able to adapt right in Mm -hmm. the moment 
on the field because you are going to be pressed with stuff that you have not seen on film. And that's how the good teams win. They they come to the they come to the game with stuff that you're not anticipating. They mm-hmm. catch you off guard, and then if you don't adjust, you're getting beat. Absolutely. And I just think that was a great sign to hear that that they made those in-game adjustments against a team like Navy because they're going to have to do it against no, Ohio State. It's going to come because the other part is, I mean, I, I know there are a lot of people who say, "Oh, we should play Navy the first game of the year." Their offense is so hard to prepare for that. It's great to be able to have the couple weeks and then spend the rest of the year just worrying about quote unquote traditional defenses. Well, the downside to that is when you're in a scenario like we were this year where they have a new coach, a new offensive coordinator, and you don't really know what they're going to throw at you. I mean, it's not like when Ohio State comes to town, they're going to have a couple weeks of film to see like what their tendencies are, what they're uh, I mean, granted, they're not necessarily playing anybody earth shattering, but you can at least see what their personnel who the personnel are, how they're performing, what their tendencies are, things like that. Any team you play in the first week, you're going to have to deal with that. So when you're playing Navy and the offense is already not an unusual methodology that they use, it could make it even worse. Fortunately, as you said, those on-the-fly adjustments, which the championship-level teams have to have, um, and he was able to do it. So that worked out perfectly. Yeah, no, I, and I, I tell you what, it's it's really cool to see that because I, I think, you know, in terms of the good things that you saw that are like really encouraging, number one, the stable of backs that we put out there and, and the production that they put up. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody knew that Estime was going to be a workhorse and was going to literally carry a major load. But man, to have the guys come in there, Janarian Price, Love, I mean, man, he looked good. I mean, you're talking about th- these are first time carries for these guys. Uh, boy, that that is a real damn good sign. Absolutely. Um, and, and I just think that, you know, I'll give a shout out to Tim Priester because I think he made a great point with this. When's the last time you saw a prolific Notre Dame passing game when there wasn't a single throw to the tight end? <laughs> oh yeah, seriously. That's... I can't think like so. For in my mind, I look back and I'm like, "Holy cow, that had to have been like 15 years ago." Oh, easily, like, easily. I mean, we, and, we 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 went from Mike Meyer to uh, yeah. I mean, it was almost like we don't have any outside game whatsoever last year. To now, all of a sudden, we don't have any inside game whatsoever. <laughs> and it, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's the other thing that Hartman did, which was great, is he spread it out. I mean, he did mm-hmm. not single out anybody you could just tell that he was going to go to whoever had the one-on-one matchup and he had confidence that his guy's going to win that mm-hmm. and he just needed to put it there and, and i actually thought hartman missed a couple i mean he made the throws ultimately into catches which ended up especially the jordan uh Greyhouse touchdown down the mm-hmm. middle but if you go back and look at that he kind of underthrew that he didn't throw it into the open space because Greyhouse had his guy beat. But if you look at that, the ball was really close to the defender. Greyhouse just made awesome concentration, reeled it in, and scored the touchdown. Um, but there was another play where, and another surprising moment in the game was just how well Chris Tyree adjusted. I, I was really surprised, to be mm, honest with absolutely. you. I did not think he was going to have the number of catches that he had. Because that's a huge transition. You you can't just go from running back to slot receiver 
and be really damn good with oh, no sure. experience whatsoever. I mean, that you're asking a hell of a lot from a guy. But, you know, it was shocking at the number of catches he got in that short little space where you want that slot re- receiver to get. And then just, you know, the, the obviously him in open space is a damn good thing. Um, it just mm-hmm. seemed like it, out of the backfield, he had a really tough time getting past that line of scrimmage to get into some open space. Now as a slot receiver, he's catching that with some open space. Mm-hmm. He's going to make a couple guys miss, and there's going to be some big, huge plays from him. But I just thought his ability to catch the football, there was that one throw, again, where Hartman kind of threw it. There was a guy in his way, and you could see it distracted Tyree. I mean, the ball hit mm-hmm. Tyree's hands, but he, he he dropped it. But it was because the defender was right there in his face. Sure. And it's just that's one of the things that you're going to just have to adjust to. It's going to take some time to do that. But in terms of his transition from running back to slot receiver, I mean, holy cow, that that looked like a great move, which is not an easy thing. I, I was kind of worried going into the game that, man, that's a big ask. But uh, a lot of credit to Tyree and his adjustments. And the good news is, I mean, the, the quality of opponent they have in week one and week two definitely gives them a chance to get reps and get comfortable at game speed with getting the ball uh, thrown to him in various situations. Like I said, the, the the play you talked about where the distraction caused drop, well, that's something you can learn from. And fortunately, that's against a team where that dropped it. That, that wasn't a drop that killed us. That just happened to be something that happened, something he can learn from. Same with the the throw to great house, which like, and how great is it that you, that you have a guy who can make the adjustments on that throw to score the touchdown. So Harmon doesn't have to be perfect. He just has to be good. And I think we can agree. He's definitely capable of good. So yeah, that's yeah. I, and there, there were a couple throws, but um, for the most part, I, I, I think the most encouraging thing is that boy, he just felt in total control. I mean, you could just tell that Hartman, especially on that scrambling, you know, where he found Greyhouse again in the end zone. I mean, he's scrambling. He's all the way to the line to scrimmage. And then he's got his eyes downfield, guys wide open, boom. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, that puts a heck of a lot of pressure on the defense. Because oh, no. um, granted, uh, you know, Hartman's not kind of the threat from a running standpoint that Buckner is. But boy, Buckner is at least from what we saw last year and the limited ability that we saw nowhere near able to see the field like Hartman does. Oh yeah. And um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, you know, look, I'm rooting for Tyler Buckner. I hope to God that he does really well at Alabama. I like the kid. He's a tough kid. Um, But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Mm -hmm. Um, But boy, Hartman just brings another level and couldn't be better timing in terms of the Notre Dame football program and what we need at this point and how that might end up being an opportunity as for a steal a game that we normally would lose. You know, that Stanford mm-hmm. game last year, the, you know, the games where we just can't seem to click offensively. Mm-hmm. We let that team to hang around. And the next thing you know, we lose in a seven point, three point game. Yeah. Um, having a guy like Hartman is going to probably get you to escape a few of those bad situation or, or not even have them be, be close in the first place i mean think about like, exactly. the number of drives that for, for yeah. marshall and for where just everything looked tentative and yeah just as you said the, the offense wasn't clicking i mean how much difference you all you need is like 
one more touchdown drive in each of those games, and those are wins. And they're wins. So, That's exactly I mean, right. I don't yeah. think there's anyone out there who doesn't think Sam Hartman is not capable of giving at least one more touchdown drive against a quality team like that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and, and it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think that this is going to be a great season to watch. I, I think there's going to be a lot that we can look forward to from a Notre Dame football team that's going to really probably uh, progress in a lot of positions that we know. You know, I got to give shout out to Maris Leofow. I I was critical of him last year. I thought mm-hmm. he overran pursuit several times. I thought that he kind of wasn't really that confident in his gap play. Mm-hmm. Um, man, he was all over the field and didn't miss any tackles. And was just, a, I mean, that's the best game I've seen him play in a Notre Dame uniform. I agree. Um, if he continues with that, holy cow! Yeah, because this, uh, this is the I, guy. I we, this is the guy we were hoping we were going to get last year. And if we get him this year, hey, great! I, yeah, I don't mind that's right. A year late. He, man, he just played wow, a hell of a football game. So uh, hats off to him. And I, I, yeah, I mean, the lack, linebackers as a whole really were stout. I mean, they. they Bertrand is Bertrand. He's always going to give you that effort. Kaiser mm-hmm. was, uh, I think he had eight tackles. I mean, he was all over the field as well. But, you know, we we were pretty solid up front. Now, again, I think that um, we probably won't really know where we're at on the defensive line until we get to NC State, you know, because yeah. of the quality opponents. But sure. it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the NC State game because I think that's going to tell a lot. Um, in terms of our defensive pressure from the defensive line, um, because we're going to kind of need it. I, I I really feel like we gotta we gotta show some growth there, mm-hmm. and and ability to kind of bring some pressure. Otherwise, it's going to be really tough on the defense. Yep. In terms, of, especially when you get to Ohio State, I mean that's that's going to matter a big a big. But in any event, um, things really really look good. So in, in case we don't do another show this week. What what's your prediction for Saturday? I mean, it's obviously going to be a win, but <laughs> well, see, this is I mean, like last Saturday. I am really not concerned about the score. Well, I'm, I'm, I want to. I definitely want to win. Duh. My concern is I want to be ahead by enough where the younger guys again get game speed chances to. And and as tempting as it is to say you know seventy seven to seven or stuff like that, I don't think. Uh, I think you're going to see Notre Dame's reserves a lot sooner before it gets to that. I, I mean, everything I've read has said that Tennessee State's a really poor team, even for a division, even for an FCS team. So, and as I, I could go on forever about, I've, I've had an article sitting in draft uh, for weeks upon weeks about Notre Dame playing an FCS school and how this game should be done. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going to get into that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go 56 to 10. There you go. Yeah, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm going to say 45-14 only because I I think you're going to see the reserves in there and especially Hartman being pulled. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think we you might see us put a, a boatload of points in the first half and and maybe half of yeah. the third quarter, and then mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a bunch of reserves come in the game because yeah. this is an I, opportunity to get a lot of guys to play, and I think yeah. you got and, and you got to take advantage gotta, of that. Plus, I I think. Uh, Marcus Freeman's very aware of like the ostensible reasons why this game is being played, and like yeah. I, I think it's important yeah. to him, especially with a guy like Eddie George across the, the the way. I I think it's I think it's important to Marcus Freeman to not embarrass these guys. 
Yeah, and if exactly. that means that yeah. the, no, the walk-ons is, play in the fourth uh, quarter, then yeah. that's what that means. So. Yeah, I, I think he's going to approach this as a scrimmage. He's going to want to get his objectives done. Mm-hmm. Hey, we as an offense want to accomplish the following things. So they were ready going in and confident into our next opponent. Yep. And, um, you know, ultimately, I, I really kind of feel like that's that's going to be the game plan is to let's execute these objectives. The second we get those done, then we're, we're bringing in the reserves. Yep. And we, we got to get some guys with some playing time. We've got plenty of depth on this team. Let's get them excited. Let's get them mm-hmm. playing. And, um, and and I think you're going to have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. So I, that's probably what we're going to be looking at. I don't think we gain up. I don't think there's anything really good that comes out of this game, to be honest with you. I mean, it doesn't matter whether we win big or you know, whatever the score ends up being, nobody's going to say like, oh, great win by nothing. Yeah, no, they're not going to say. It, it's kind it's of just that. The, it's, it's the only game things that, that can happen in this off. game are negative. So, yeah, there's, you know. there's nothing worse coming out of this. You just want to stay healthy. Let's just hope we get out of this game with no injuries. Yeah, um, stay healthy, learn as much as you can about your team and come away with like a four score win. That's, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Move on to the next and there we go. Yep. Well, look, there's uh, plenty to be excited about. We hopefully can hold this uh, moment of being in the uh, playoff hunt for weeks to come. And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot's going to be riding on the October 23rd game against uh, 23rd or 25th? September 25th. September 25th. September 23rd. October would be USC. Um, USC. But, yeah. Which, by the way, I I watched some of that game. yeah, you know, the Branch kid's the real deal. That's, yeah, true. Caleb Williams is the real deal. Branch is the real deal. They their got some studs, but their defense, I'm telling you, there's 